welcome back to another impactful night of the Impact Educational Leadership. This is episode 173. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaiah Drone the Third. Tonight's panelists are John Marion, Charles Big C Carwell, and Maggie Messina. Charles Big C Carwell, please say hello to the people again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your boy, Charles Big C Carwell. Glad to be on this show. And as always, my mission is to try to make this world a better place. Absolutely, absolutely. And Maggie Messina, please say hello to the people. Hello, my name's Maggie Messina from New York, and uh, just as Charles, my uh, mission is to make the world a better place as well. Thank right. you for having me on the show. Absolutely. And the one and only John Marion, please say hello to the people, sir. Well, hello to everyone. It's a pleasure and honor to be on your show again. And my mission is to bring harmony power all over the planet. And uh, we've spoken about harmony power and what that is, and it's a solution to this bullying crisis. It's a solution to mass shootings. And I just came out of an assembly today that would blow you away. So I'm always ready to talk about that. Wow, can't, can't wait to hear about it. An estimated 703,000 people a year take their lives around the world. For every suicide, likely 20 other people are making a suicide attempt. And many more have serious thoughts of suicide. Suicide is a serious public health problem among all ages. It exacts an enormous toll on youth due to the significant years of potential life loss. In 2020, Suicide was the second leading cause of death among those ages 10 to 24 and 25 to 34. Research indicates that there is no single cause of suicide. However, there is a belief that many of those who die by suicide have an underlying mental health or substance abuse condition. I'm going to go across the panel really quick before we get started and ask, what was your thoughts when you got the topic, when you saw the topic for the night, Youth Suicide Prevention? John Marion, let me go with you first. What was your first thoughts when you saw the topic, sir? Well, you know, I lost my cousin to suicide, and he was a person who uh, made it in the famous rock band, and and, uh, and, and I, I had to deal with that. So I'm, I'm very very well educated when it comes to uh, that. I'm always willing to learn, but when you're dealing with bullying uh, as a crisis, it leads to kids taking their own life when no when no one's listening. And uh, it's very sad. So that's what came to my mind with so many dear to me who passed on. Wow, that's so powerful because, you know, the topic for the night, it, it needs to happen. It needs to be had uh, because there is love in the world. And I, I believe love is like, it's so important. It's, it's as important as, as a fish needing water because a fish cannot swim without water, just like a bird cannot fly without air. So we need to have conversations of love like this so that we can live as a, as a community, as a whole. Let me go to Big C. What was the first thought, Big C Carwell, Charles Big C Carwell, what was the first thought that came to your mind when you got the topic for the night? The first thing that came to my mind is a twofold. First of all, love is the greatest commandment, but it's internal, it's inside out. So what we need to teach, and when I say we, I'm talking about the whole generation, all of us, we need to teach each and every person that you have to love yourself first. When you love yourself first, you can love everybody else, including a higher power. A higher power. So when you have that internal love for yourself, 
you tend to not do anything to harm yourself, i.e. suicide, i.e. addicted to drugs, i.e. alcohol. You know, it's okay to drink alcohol. It's not a sin to drink. But when you start abusing alcohol, drinking to get drunk or trying to take away your problems, there's something internal that's bothering you, either mentally or physically. So if we can get people to see from the inside out, each individual learning to love themselves, then I think that will cut back on the suicide rate. The second part is us on the outside. Society has become so cruel. The world is so dark now until you don't even hear the word love now. I walked into a classroom one day and spoke to a group of kids on my nonprofit. And as I was speaking, I started talking as we were speaking now. And I told the kids, I say, I love y'all. Let me hear y'all look at each other and tell each other that you love each other. They wouldn't do it. And, and they, they thought it was funny. So what's happening is that we have to really, we have to make sure we start going back to old school. Charity be begins at home and spreads abroad. We need to get our parents or, or guardians to start teaching these kids what love is. Showing them love, not just telling them. And I'm going to stop right there. Powerful, sir. Powerful, sir. As you were speaking, it reminded me of a, a, a quote from a theologian from India. Now, he, he's not a Christian theologian. He had a belief in God. And what he said was, a man is born alone and dies alone. And he experiences the good and bad consequences of his karma alone. And he goes alone to hell or wherever to meet that supreme being. And so, with that being said, I want to go to um, Messina, Maggie. What was yeah. your thoughts when you got to Hi, that yeah. uh, My first thought was, wow, because um, uh, I lost three of my siblings during COVID to suicide. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just uh, definitely a moment that just brought me to my knees like I never thought possible. But, uh, you know, but then I started thinking, you know, it's that positive belief system a child needs to uh, grow up in. And, it, you know, like Mr. Cogwell said, you know, it's a belief system that the child grows up with and what we are are feeding our children and feeding, the, you know, at, from a young age, um, you know, child abuse and, um, it, you know, goes from child abuse to uh, uh, drug abuse to alcohol. That's, that's a symptom of what's going on inside. And, um, you know, uh, it's just earth shattering and it's there's just too much of it and uh yeah when i saw the subject i just you know i was like wow this re just really hit me to the core and, so, and what yeah. you said you and when i heard you speak i heard i heard so much hidden power i had so, I heard so much hidden power and, and the fact that you can even speak uh, about a topic like this tonight uh, that that shows so much hidden power within you and mm -hmm. uh, you know my my question would be what would you tell because obviously you're surviving and, and you're victorious and you are an overcomer because of those hidden powers that you have inside you and you may not even you probably didn't even know you had them until now yeah but i mean what would you tell yeah. what, what would you tell a family that's that's suffering uh through, through which you have suffered i mean you know it's uh, you know it's very unfortunate it's sad i mean there's so many people who take their lives and it's their belief system that has been fed to them and somewhere along the line uh something 
you know, deeply affected their, their, their way of thinking. And, uh, you know, whether it be bullying or uh, just their upbringing, um, some kind of abuse, and then they, you know, turn to the drug abuse or whatever it is that leads to that. Um, you know, the one thing I had to tell myself, which I think is important for families to hear, is that it's not our fault. You know, it's not your fault. Because I think when you are faced with uh, such a close suicide, I mean, one of them were my twin brother. It's, you know, you sit and you just rewind that tape. You know, what could have I done? What could have I said? It's very unfortunate, but I think when someone gets to a point where they've made that decision, uh, you know, it's tough. But that's why that intervention early on is so critical. And I think it's important that we not turn our heads and act as if this isn't an issue. Act as if it's Amen, not a problem. Maggie. Because it is a big problem. And it does start from home. It starts from our parents. Let's stop feeding our kids the ideas of it's how much you have, how rich you are, how beautiful you are, how, what you, the kind of clothes you're wearing. It has nothing to do with your internal happiness. Because if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, and if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself a simple compliment, you're at risk. And where did that stem from? You preach yeah, that, man. It's, it's so critical. And it's, there's nothing we can do when, when someone leaves us like that. And it brings us all to our knees, and there's a scar that just will never go away. Yeah. And uh, one foot in front of the other. Wow. Let me, let me, go, to, yeah. let me, go, let me go to John Marion. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Maggie, Messina, um, please, because uh, let me let me go. <laughs> this conversation is already taken off. I, I thought it was gonna be a little bit light before we get started. It's, I feel like I just jumped right off the cliff. Let me go. Let me go down your lane, John Marion, really quick. And Big C, I'm, I'm coming to you next. In the martial arts world, is suicide huge? Is it is it something that you never hear about? It isn't big, and and explain to us what's your perception in in your world of martial arts because you know these UFC fighters you fought with you've trained uh, you've been to the movie set with them and is suicide a major issue? Is it being talked about in UFC? Is it being talked about in the martial arts world? That's my question for you, Mr. John Marion. Well. Well, first of all, my, my modality is harmony by karate. That's my brand. So I'm the opposite of what you'd see in the UFC. I'm focused on leadership and healing. And that's, you know, when you're focused on those modalities, um, there are people who come my way who have all kinds of issues where, you know, they can be people who want to hurt themselves and others. And I've had people who are suicidal and they've reversed it through, through training with me. So I've dealt with that countless times. Not everyone makes that choice. Um, I will tell you this uh, story that comes to mind. Uh, it was it was 2010. It was the worst case of bullying that I think hit the news in the United States. And uh, my publisher said, you need to go to CNN and uh, something terrible happened and you're going to go on the air. I wasn't even sure what was going on. So I, I went down to CNN and you know, standing in the, in the green room, I'm meeting Tony Robbins, which was very, you know, un, unexpected. We, we had a quick conversation. All of a sudden, I'm in this empty room and camera's looking at me. And I can look through the camera lens and I can see a very outraged mother and a person selling a book. 
And what happened was in this story is that this mother was like almost in tears that her daughter was beaten by three of her friends, uh, punching and kicking her in the head when they knew she had brain surgery two, two weeks prior. And then it was a bystander who videotaped this incident. And it's, you know, these, this all ended up on Dr. Phil and it was this big thing. So I spoke about, you know, well, not only was I upset that this girl got beaten terribly, but my concern was, well, what about the three girls that did that? I can't imagine what happened to these girls, what their parents did to them. Because, see, nobody goes out there and wants to hurt people and feel good about themselves. It's just, hurt people hurt people, right? They hurt themselves and others. This is, this is a, they learn that from the parents. And the reason why I say that is because our, when, when we are um, educating our children, when we raise our children, right? So if we cross the lines, we have to own it. Because anything we say to our kids, that becomes their self-talk. Everything we say to them becomes what they say to themselves. That's what parents don't realize. And, and we come from generations, so we don't want to come from the generation we came from, where we were told that physical discipline was okay. I'm not saying I never physically disciplined my kids. I've used it, but I'm not, it's not the area to go. I don't believe in it anymore. I grew up with it. I grew up in an Italian household, but I believe that you got to talk to your kids. You got to you got to become more sophisticated on how to talk to them and how to articulate. Back to the story. Um, so I go in the air. I, I do a great job. Everyone leaves who's angry. And I'm talking to the host, and and I'm having you know we're talking about all different angles of like what could have created this situation. I get off the show, and the producer says, "You know, you were so great, uh, Sensei John. It was great to have you on the show. We've got to have you come back." I think to myself, is this what this is about? I went on a show and, and did nothing. So I go home to my family and I tell my wife at the time, I'm like, look, I need to go to the school, wherever it is. And I, I call my publicist. I'm like, let me go. I want to go into this neighborhood. I want to go where this happened. I go there and I do two assemblies and the girl's there and she's very quiet and withdrawn. And I go up there and I said, look, the media might show up because wherever I go, there's media. And I said, I just, I need you to speak up because if you don't, you're not going to come out of this pain that you're in. You got to speak up to other girls, other people that have been bullied so you can self empower. So ABC comes in and she's talking to ABC and she's telling them that, you know, uh, no one you should never let anyone do this to you. And, you know, I'm speaking out and, you know, it happened to me and, we, you know, we have to stand up for ourselves. And so I'm thinking this girl's on a good track and, you know, after I do two assemblies, I, I offer the mother to, to bring her daughter uh, to my school in New York, which would have been a commute, but more like a, a camp. I wanted to really spend time with this kid and help empower her and stand up for herself. The mother there never did. Months later, this kid tries to take her own life, tries to hang herself. Uh. And I was devastated. Devastated, right? So... This led to me traveling the United States. I traveled around the country um, to see what was going on. I wanted to go into the worst neighborhoods, right? And I have a background, not just in martial arts, but I'm known in the dance world. I was a break dancer, and I did the Apollo Theater in Harlem, and I did choreographer for MTV. So I, I traveled the United States Air Force performing. So I was a person that can go into a bad area between my martial arts and break dance and make a human connection no matter how, where it was. And I just wanted to hear what the kids had to say. And so I went to Chicago and uh, I went to a school and I, and I said to the, uh, the 
the principle I need, I would need your worst challenges that with the kids that create the most trouble. I want to go into a room and I want to be with these kids and I want to deal with them. So that's what they did and went in with the assistant principal and his kids were just out of control and I shut them all down because I walked in, I'm fearless and I just said, you sit down, you sit down and I started engaging in conversation with all these kids and I said, look, I said, if you listen to what I'm going to tell you and you help me out with the stage, we're going to do an assembly today, I have a reward for you, something I'm going to give you, right, something big. They helped me out. We set up the stage. And I said, okay, you guys are great. See that front row? I said, you get all those seats. You're in the front row. And I did my assembly. And at the end, this kid wouldn't leave me. And part of it was not just, you know, because I listened to them. I deeply listened to each one of them. I got to know them. I engaged. I believed in them. I gave them a task to do. They got rewarded for the task. And, now, and then they loved the things I had to say that were empowering, that I was bullied severely when I was a kid. And I felt very devalued, and I had to overcome those. All that negative self-talk that I had about myself, I had to believe in, I had to choose to believe in myself. And these kids were online wanting an autograph, they didn't want me to leave, and so that, that led to so much more experiences, which, you know, we want to get onto the other guests and, and the show, but it led to harmony power. I realized that the solution to all of this is we have to recognize the positive behavior and mass volume in the schools. And we give these harmony power words to kids that open the door, they do artwork, they do music. I was in a school today, it would make you cry. I've been going to schools constantly. Kids would get hundreds of them, hundreds, there's like a sea of kids. I had one kid coming up to me in tears today, in tears, with the excitement of being recognized where we, we believe in him. He loves himself more. The chances of that kid succeeding is greater today than it ever was because they were recognized because we believe in them. That's how you prevent suicide, homicide, you name it. Whatever violence people perpetuate on each other or themselves, that's how you solve the problem because if they're not getting it at home, we got to make sure that the schools are doing it in mass volume to prevent mass shootings. So Harmony Power is the solution to all of these things that we've been talking about. Wow. So let's get on with the show, Isaiah. No, the show is already on. We, the show is on, sir. <laughs> Sensei, this show you got, you got, you is got, on. You, you, you got phenomenal guests, I got to tell you. I mean, the two of the, I don't know where you get these people from, but you, you got God, two rock stars on the God show. God did. Well, God be pumped. God, God did, be, man. God be pumped up. God did it. God did it. Listen, watch this. So let me go to Charles B.C. Caldwell because you know, I mean, you're, you're in the sports. You're in the sports as well. You, I mean, you, you know, you rub elbows with some of everyone. Uh, some of your best friends are uh, NBA Hall of Famers, boxing Hall of Famers. And this topic, how does this topic tie to a sports entertainment as it relates to like basketball league and boxing federation? 
and, and some of your friends that, that we know, I won't even mention their names <laughs> unless you will, but how's this topic? Type? Uh, okay, like the real deal Holyfield, you know, for <laughs> but yeah, how, how's this topic tie in? And like, they're probably listening in right now, but how's this topic uh, tie in to, to their lives and what they have gone through? Because I know Holyfield has gone through so uh, much himself, but what's yeah, talk about it. Let's talk about that. Okay, first of all, you, you, you have a, a great sense of discernment and intuitive ID3. I just want you to know that as a podcast hoster, because as you mentioned, martial art and John had the floor, the first thing that came to my mind is not just martial art, arts. It's all sports. It's athletes. Mm-hmm. And what happens mm-hmm. is that we become so competitive, regardless of what the sport is. I don't care if it's skateboard. I don't care what it is. You become so competitive till you want to go to the top. I'm speaking personal. You want to be the best in the world, or you want to be one of the best. And if you're not at that level, if there's some people in your life that you feel prohibits you from getting to that level, you take that personal. And some of us, not all of us, some of us are strong enough to, to fight the power, if you will, to continue to try to succeed even though there's oppression or there's setbacks in your life. Everybody isn't that strong. Now, you mentioned my partner, Evander the Real Deal Holyfield. Man, I don't know nobody else in the world that dealt with the things he's been through. But one thing that I love about him is not that he's the only four-time heavyweight champion of the world, is the fact that regardless of what he's going through, he always acknowledged God. That's how he made it. That's how we can make it. And, you know, nowadays, as a, as a mentor, motivational speaker, you just can't go into schools now and mention that word. So you have to refer to a higher, a higher power, or you have to speak in general, like have someone you can turn to, have someone you can speak to, find you somebody you can talk to in confidence that's not going to tell you anything wrong. So that's the way you have to speak. But to, to make a long story short, this world it's cold, and ain't nobody gonna give you nothing but a hard time. Maggie, you're one of the strongest women I've ever spoken to in my life. I could hear it in your voice. I need three sisters before you even confided us about you. Three sisters, three siblings committing suicide. I just wanna say may God continue to lift you in spirit, Thank mentally, you. physically, emotionally, that you can go out and you can help make this world a better place. Last Tuesday night, I spoke on why God allows suffering None of us really know the answer because Joe, the three friends came. They didn't say nothing for the first three days. Then all of a sudden, the first one opened up their mouth. So you must have done something wrong. You must have an unforgivable sin that you haven't repented for and God is punishing you. Well, you can't answer that. You can't say God allows, God allows people to, to, to suicide. He allows you to take your own life. He's not going to stop you. Just like he did Adam and Eve. He gives us free will. So how do we control that? How do we stop that regardless of you an athlete or not? How do we prevent people from taking their own lives? It's, it's with love. Love will conquer war. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what the situation is. If you love yourself and you love others, which is the greatest commandment, I truly believe in my heart that this world will change. But we just got so many people that are seeking revenge. If it's in sports, say, say, say the topic was martial art. You got a kid that's mad because he didn't get the opportunity he felt like he had. So when he goes in the ring, he's going to try to kill somebody because he's already mad at somebody else. 
You see what I'm saying? And John knowing telling the Absolutely. truth. I heard John speak of his life of being bullied as a kid. He probably wouldn't learn martial arts so people would could quit beating him up. Then he became an assassin. That's what happens. I was a young I was a small kid in the eighth grade. I may have been four foot ten, but I was a straight A student. I started playing basketball. I was a size guy on the team. A nerd, if you will. But they made fun of me. So they made so much fun of me, I told them, I said, one day I'm going to get y'all back. And Memorial Day weekend, 1983, I tore a whole backboard down dunking on some people because I had that much anger that had built up in me. I carried it well. Nobody knew. But I was, I was trying to get all of them guys back. And that was, my, that was my whole motive of lifting weights, getting stronger. God allowed me to grow to go like 18 inches in three months. I ended up being 6'6". Six, six. At one time, I was about 215. And so, you know, I'm a lot heavier than now, but the point I'm trying to get across is that this world is so cold. There's so much, so much negative going on until we, the few of us that are trying, have got to get more people involved, more people volunteering, more people not afraid to come out and speak against this darkness because it's taken over. I know y'all saw the Grammys the other night. Man, it was ridiculous. But you can't say nothing because the people in the people with power are in control. So I'm gonna stop right there. Woo! Listen, listen, listen. This podcast is going in a totally different direction than I planned, but I like it, and I'm on the ride. I'm 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 cruising. I'm on cruise control right now. I'm on cruise control. I'm about to open the panel up, and I, I intend to hit you so hard. That is going to knock you into the popcorn section Outside of the ring That's how I'm about to hit you guys So Brace yourself My question is The panel is open But my question is How And what Caused you To find Your Hidden Powers How Did you find your hidden powers And what triggered you to find those hidden powers. Who wants to take that first? I'll, I'll go first. Can I go first? <laughs> no, go, go, Maggie. Go, Maggie. You sure? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I will say uh, the my anger. Okay. I was I was also teased tremendously as a child because you know I grew up upstate New York, very poor family. There was eleven of us, and you know our our nickname was Dirty Coals. You know, because we were very poor and, you know, we didn't have the clothes or whatever. And, you know, I, it always angered me. And then with the abuse and everything from everyone else around. And I just said, you know, I from that young age, I, I am not going to let these people defeat me. I am not going to let them dictate where I where I go in life. I'm not going to be that statistic. And that anger just fueled my success. And... um it's just so, imp you know, it's just so important that to me, as a, as a victim, that I put myself out there to help prevent or help others that are feeling that darkness and coming from that. Um, so I will definitely say my anger fueled it. Maddie, you, you stole my line. But mine's Sorry. different. <laughs> my word. No, it's not anger, but it's, re it's the same. Hey. Pain, internal pain, yes. getting your feelings hurt, getting your pride hurt, being bullied, being made fun of, being laughed at, you know, having a uniform with the mascot not even on it and your pants is probably 15 inches and the waist too big for you. So you got to hold them up so they don't fall off. Pain. And I took it personal. The, the, the pain, basically what happens 
if you learn how to take society, because society is what really, you know, drives us. You know, you, you can be, you know, you can defeat society. And if, if you have the mentality, and I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna let John have the floor. What I did is when people burn bridges in front of me, trying to set me up, because they tell you never burn your bridge because you might have to go back across it. But there are people Absolutely. in this world that would burn your bridge in front of you so you can't come across. But what I did, ID3, John and Maggie, is I took the material from a burnt bridge, built a raft, and came across myself. That's it. And I'm done. I'm it's going to be hard to come after that. John, if you want to pass, I understand. <laughs> No, the other thing is beautifully said, you know, just, I, I love the passion. No, but it's it's true. You know, the reality is that, you know, for me, uh, when someone says, <clears throat> you can't do it, I know they never did. So I just go, <laughs> all right, it, you're, you just gave me more power. So the more hatred towards me was the more power I had. They just, they empowered me by hating me, by the jealousy, name calling I was on fire I mean it was like a different way of looking at things and and and, and yes I would say that um, I don't claim a religion but I've always had the divine whenever I made a command like to God um, and I do believe in Jesus but I'm like not like a Christian but I believe that there's, there's power and a lot of the there's some positive faiths out there that those who follow them uh, and believe in the divine there, there is a great great truth to that so when you have that inner connection and you're taking action based upon that belief system you're unstoppable so all this adversity was great you know my mother and i were on the streets when i was you know uh, you know maggie was talking about being poor my mother was a drug addict and we were on the streets for a few years we lived off the food truck and wherever we were staying and sometimes we had a place sometimes we'd have a place and um, so I said to my mother you know, she sometimes she feels bad I said I said it was a beautiful time all that pain all that suffering is beautiful it gave me that trauma was my power and that trauma Amen. gave me the empathy to understand people so you could sit there and go this happened that happened poor me it was a terrible thing I'm such the victim why didn't that happen to me? Well, you could say, that was great. Now look what I can do with my life. So, you know, I'm not that doom and gloom character. All this stuff going on in the world is beautiful because everything that's always been, that's been dark, it's all come up to the top. And we're looking at it with its ugly head, right? So we don't, you don't beat the shit out of your kids when you raise them. You love them. You have conversations with them, like educated people, right? You guide them. Right? And you have to have certain levels of discipline. There's educated ways of doing that. We're learning this to parent better. The schools have a long ways to go. The unions protect them to the point where it's at the expense of the kids. It needs to be a balance of power in general. Um, I believe in unions, but not at the expense of children. And kids are, need a program. Like I said, we have the first mandated anti-bullying program in the world. And the whole city of Elizabeth does my program. And I'm watching where teachers have to you know, one out of three kids have to get the award for something. So when they're saying, hey, we believe in you, someone else has to say, I believe in you. You need to believe in yourself. When you believe in yourself, you love yourself. Love doesn't just come out of thin air. That's what people don't realize. You can say, oh, just love yourself. It doesn't work like that. People have to, they 
validate that you exist. You matter. If they don't validate that, where do you find love? You could say, okay, go ahead and pray to God that you don't even see. But you still need the human support of people to guide you to whatever that love is. This is what people are not getting, right? So you can go to church till you turn blue. People still kill themselves when they go to church because they're still not getting support. So that being said, that's why I say harmony power because the edu what we learn comes from the school systems. They are the guiding path for our youth culture more so than what they're learning at home. And then they say, oh, well, the parents have to do it. It's, it's up to the parents to educate them. Well, the parents learn from school. So you're back to school again. This is why I'm, I'm so like crazy passionate about this conversation, you know, and also like there's a lot of great people out there doing great things. And the only reason why you don't hear about it is because the news is making a fortune off all of the dark stuff and the doom and gloom that we, they want us to believe. If you want to believe that the world is doom and gloom, and, we'll, and it's coming undone, and, and the devil's coming down, and then we'll believe that. Or if we believe that there's a lot of good people out there, then the world can change very quickly. And not to say that bad things aren't happening, and, and a war can erupt anywhere. It ha there are all wars going on as we speak. But since the beginning of humankind, there's been wars. That, that has always been. Since the beginning of humankind, there's people have bullied and tried to control and manipulate one another. That has not changed. Even in heaven. Even in yeah. heaven. Right. So you add right. that. Even right. in heaven. Let me let me right. go let me right. let, let me talk about some stats real quick. Let me talk about some stats. The most common mental health condition right now to record is depression. Research indicates that more males die by suicide, but more females attempt suicide. Some of the highest death rates number per one hundred thousand a year and there are in the native american population in the adult white male population as well now i'm about to the panel is still open and so i want to ask this next question because you you guys are are forcing me especially hearing the stories of, of maggie and and john and charles you guys are forcing me to ask this question because maggie when, when travesty hits, when, tra when trauma hits the way it hit you, the first human reaction is, why did this happen to me? Why yeah. me? How do you get past that question? We want to, well, the panel's you know, open. Come on, talk about it. Yeah, that, that, that was a tough one. Uh, when pain is so deep, it was a tough one, and and, and I know the reasons that led to you know to, to their suicide and why they were so beaten down. But you know, I had to step back and say, number one, why not me? And where, what is my power in this? How I I have always been a selfless person. I'm not here for every. I'm not here for me. I'm here for everyone else. And when this. That was my question I asked myself, why me? And it is because I truly feel that those of us that have lived that pain are really the best ones that can help the others going through it. 
And my yeah. brother, before he, my younger brother, before he, you know, took his life, he says to me, um, tell my story and be fierce. Tell people how we grew up and how the system failed us. And that's all I can hear after, you know, the after you go through that period where you're just completely traumatized to your knees and um obviously lots of therapy um some really good emdr treatments and uh knowing that's why i'm here why is there so much pain and heartache and so much loss in one's life and like john said we can't sit down and be the victim you can't, it's easy for us to do that. Drink, drug, I'm a victim. I had all this bad stuff. I, I also think that some of us are just born with some type of tenacity that others aren't. Um, but through a lot of self-work and facing my toughest opponent, which is my inner self, and knowing why I'm here, I mean... Someone's got to help the victims out there. Someone's got to help people going through the pain that we're going through. And, um, and, and, and I'll tell you, it keeps me alive because uh, I have to listen to what, they, what, my, what my siblings said to me before they left us. How did you get past why all this happened to you? Why did you have to go through what you went through? Did I get very personal? Because Maggie has got me want to tell my story too. And I want the you world better. to come on. You better. You I, better. I was, I was, I was, I was conceived from a rape, and for thirty-four years, I, the name that I was, I'm wearing. I never I knew was, this. I never knew this. I never knew this. I you never told me. I don't. Oh, I, don't I don't tell everybody this. So. My half-brother on my biological father's side was murdered in Memphis, Tennessee, and I woke up one morning, I called my mom. I said, Mom, is everything okay? My brother on my mother's side hadn't been murdered yet. This is in 1994. She said, yeah, what's wrong with you? I said, something's wrong. So I called Dearmont, Arkansas, where I went to school at, where I was raised at. And there was a man there, I'm not going to even call his name, that would always look at me, but he would never say anything. Mm. Trying to find out that was my biological father, because when I called my mother back, I said, if you ever told me the truth before in my life, I said, who is my daddy? She told me. I said, I know. She said, how you know? I said, because so-and-so was dead, which is my brother, which was his son by another woman. And I felt something internal. So God makes certain people special. And how do you overcome that pain? How do you work through that pain? Let me say this. I believe in my heart that I'm one of the best motivational speakers there is because I'm sincere. I'm able to open up to kids that I'm 62 years old. They're kids that are teenagers that when I go into them, they receive me. That is very difficult because you're talking a 40-year generational gap. You know, some of them maybe 50. But when you have that, that it, when you have that presence, no matter where you go, it's there and it's nothing you can do about it. And you are chosen. Maggie, you're chosen. John, yes, you're sir. chosen. Adi three, you are chosen. You are special for a reason. You, when, I heard John speak on this. On Judgment Day, there's not going to be anyone but you. The book of life is going to open, and he's going to look for your name, and prayfully all of our names are there, and he's going to say, well done. 
So God knew each and every one of us before we was in our mother's womb, regardless of how we got there. You have to accept that. And what don't kill you only makes you stronger. And he gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. That's it. Sensei John. No, you you on it. I'm I'm listen, I can't even say anything right now. John Mary Young. <laughs> how did you get past why this happened to you? Well, like I mentioned before, is that I I stayed very connected to that the divine and I also I had people who believed in me. They gave me an extra boost and you know, people that I could talk to. Wasn't that many? It's a couple. And the, and they they led by example. Here's the thing, because you know both you know we all, all of us the, the three guests here have amazing stories. Maggie, your story, incredible. Charles, your story, amazing, right? So that being said, as soon as you open your mouth about anything, people are like I want to be like that person. How did they do that? How did they how do they love themselves with what they've gone through? Because it's a choice. So you can have all the positive influences. doesn't mean you're going to make the right choice. There's people been raised in beautiful families and they're still out there. They could be out there robbing banks or doing whatever. People still choose whatever path they want to take. But obviously, if they're having a positive influence, environment plays a very strong role in the outcome of a human being. And, but us in 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 this panel today is is powerful because as soon as you open your mouth and tell any of that any story whoever's struggling and they hear it whoever's listening to the show is going through struggles and they hear the choices we've made with our lives what's your excuse it's like there's no excuse no matter what you go through no matter what hell you go through there's always a heaven and you could, you know, you could sit here and, and stay in that and and that pain, where you could say, "Hey, I'm not there anymore. I'm not the one. I'm moving forward." And the, and the best way to come out of any suffering is go and give what you did not receive in your life. Give what you did not get. Mm. Just give. Rich. That's the power of changing, right? You want to get out of it. That's what you got to do. You want to sit in your what you lost or what you didn't get and keep reliving your pain? Look, depression is living in the past. Anxiety is a fear of the future. You have to be in the present. You have to be in the now. And you have to do whatever you can. Every day I wake up, I give all day long. And I do it not because I'm, I'm waiting. To, oh, you, you give and you get it back tenfold. Okay, well, of course you do. But that's not. You do it because you, when you give, you're getting back in the moment. When you give love, you're re you're receiving self love, and it feels good to do that. And then people are loving you back, and then you feel love. If you feel love, you don't want to kill yourself. You don't want to hurt other people because you're feeling love. You're taking action. You have to you have to choose to live like that. It's as simple as that. Everybody complicates it, and then people acknowledge you, and then you can have goals, and you achieve goals, and you love yourself more. That's all it is. It's about the power of giving give what you did not receive in your life and your whole life will turn around listen we're out of time but before we go last question the panel is still open whoever wants to take this first they can the question is who is your 
superhero and why? Who wants to take that first? I'll go first. It's too silent. <laughs> He's like, who's going to go first? I'm going to say no, my we're being superhero. Yeah, oh, thank you. So um, I would say my superhero was, and and like you know, we've all said earlier about having that person in your life. My superhero was my seventh grade English teacher. Uh, she, you know, told me that I was smart when I felt I was stupid. I was beautiful when I felt I was ugly, you know, and that I could do anything. And that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about, you know, helping others is because I know that one person had such a major impact on me that it's important that we pay that forward because how many lives are we going to save or how many lives are we going to greatly affect to the positive by just being there to listen and being there to give that 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 positive hope so my superhero was my seventh grade english teacher and then that and uh yeah thank you no we thank you Who, who's next that's powerful who's next you, you want to go john no you, you can go charles okay my superhero other than our father our creator is my grandfather who had a third grade education he was a farmer we were poor my mother and, and the guy named I'm wearing tried to take me from a little small town in Parkdale as they were moving to St. Louis. And um, my grandfather met, met him at the door with a shotgun. And my, my mother said, you might as well leave him here because he's not going to let you take him. And my grandfather told him that y'all are young. I want to give this war a stable foundation. Even though that was my grandparents, even though that was a four-year generational gap, everything that man taught me came to life. He always spoke to me in visions. And there were times I didn't even want to hear. Kids was outside playing, running up and down the street. I'm sitting in the middle of the floor getting that wisdom that I didn't really want to hear. But I had to, I had to listen. I didn't hear it. I had to listen. And it embedded in me so much until when I went around the world, everything that man told me literally came true. And I saw it with my own eyes. So, Today, I truly know in my heart that the reason that I give back, like John said, gratitude, because wisdom is power. Wisdom is knowledge. Wisdom is the most important thing that you can have on this earth because money and the fool will soon depart. And Solomon told you that who's the wealthiest and wisest man on earth. So my grandfather, and the reason me and Evander the Real Deal Holyfield are so close is because my grandfather's name was Evander Richard. So my grandfather, thank you. Well, now I say this, and, and like I said, I don't claim the faith. So when I say this, I don't want people to say, oh, he's Christian, because I won't say that, because I have Buddhist beliefs. <laughs> but, if I, but I will say that my superhero is Jesus Christ. And, and the reason why I say that is because the most powerful thing he said was to love your enemies. And I realized the power of that, because when, you love your, when, you, when he said that, he was saying that if you don't have that kind of love, even the ones that hurt you the most, and then what will happen is that you will live with that pain. So it was a very profound understanding. In fact, when I do my meditation or my prayers, I'm, I send love to all those who I feel are jealous, all those who I feel who hate me, all of that. And when I do that, I'm helping them to find love in themselves so they don't have that anger towards me. And that's something I do every day in the morning. It's one of the different meditations or prayers that I do. Because I really believe that to, to be a very powerful way to overcome a lot of uh, inner pain that people have. Mm.
Leadership Podcast.